Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, Incline listeners. Looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now... You can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It's Let's ride. For the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's up, everyone? Thank you for listening to The Incline. This is Kevin Klein here. This is our last episode of the regular season. Six games left. The Dodgers are 38-16. and 16. They're sitting at their Vegas win total right now, so they did it. David Rosenthal, what's up? How's it going? How you doing, Kevin? It's good to be here. Uh, looking forward to these last six games. Uh, Dodgers going to clinch the division here in about a minute or two. Uh, so, once again, NL West champs soon to be. And uh, let's hope for a good matchup in the playoffs. Jake Reiner, how you doing? I'm good, Kevin. Good to be here again. It's exciting that we're getting to the playoffs. There was a moment there in the beginning of the season where I didn't think we'd get to this point with uh, the Marlins being fools. Um, But I'm so glad that we were able to get here. The Dodgers have been awesome this whole season, not only on the field, but also off the field, adhering to the COVID protocols. And we haven't had one... uh, you know, case break breakout. So that's been awesome. And uh, also, uh, I I am excited for the postseason, but I'm also scared to death. Uh, I don't really. Yep. I, I know that um, we all have our takes on who we'd rather face, but in my opinion, it doesn't really matter to me because a three game series is just scary, no matter who you're up against. Yeah, definitely agree. We're going to touch on that a little more in depth in just a few moments, but. You've said it best. The Dodgers have been adhering to the COVID protocols. They've been good boys on and off the field. So you like to see that. Um, the first thing I, we got to talk about, though, postseason is right around the corner. Yes, the Dodgers have Oakland Athletics and the Angels coming up. Neither of those series really matter at this point, to be honest. It looks like David already said they're going to win the division and probably get the number one seed. I mean, yeah, it's baseball. Anything can happen. So the first thing we got to touch on, who's in and who's out. There's a couple fringe guys on the postseason roster. And I think in terms of hitting, the one guy that I'm kind of looking at, despite him having some personal matters, which frankly that could be why he's struggling, is Jock Peterson. Over his last seven games, he's two for 21, zero walks. Over his last 15, he's hitting 175. 
is this the guy that they might leave off the roster? You know, I'm going to say no uh, for a couple reasons. With the expanded rosters now, there's going to be 28 uh, men on the roster for the playoffs. Uh, they, have some, they have some room to carry guys who aren't necessarily hitting well. Um, and, you know, I think there's 26 locks right now. Uh, in terms of, you know, power hitting outfielders or, or just off the bench, I think Jock is, is the guy you have. The other options are uh, Beatty and Lux pretty much. And, you know, possibly Kyber Ruiz if they want to carry three catchers, but I don't see them including him with, with just what, three, three to five at-bats this year. So, yes, I think Jock will be on it. I don't know how much he will play. Uh, but with his postseason experience, I think he definitely gets the nod here. Plus, even if they take Jock, they're they're able to take another hitter like Lux or Beatty as well. So I, I think Jock's in. Yeah, I, I think Jock's in as well. I like his postseason experience. But also, given the fact that a lot of our big guys have not performed well in the postseason, i.e. Bellinger, i.e. Muncy. So it's good to have someone on there that has the experience and has performed well. He does have pop, obviously. He can come in. Uh, and give you a, a pinch hit home run, or if you want to start him, uh, he can also uh, hit the ball out of the park, obviously exclusively against right-handed pitching. Uh, you're going to have Jock Peterson in there. But uh, for me, I um, instead of going with an extra pitcher, maybe Alex Wood, I don't think Alex Wood should be anywhere near this postseason roster. He has shown that he just doesn't have it, whether he's starting a game or he's coming out of the bullpen. He just doesn't have it this year. Uh, 2017 uh, was amazing, um, but he's not been able to recreate that so far this season. So I would leave him off, yep. and I would actually add Kiebert Ruiz to the postseason roster because, and this would satisfy both David and Kevin, if Will Smith and Austin Barnes were both in the lineup. I think that Austin Barnes, uh, if you're looking at catching ability and pitch framing, he's your guy but you can't take Will Smith's bat out of the lineup. So you have him as the DH, and then you have Kiebert Ruiz on the bench. So if in case something goes wrong, you have that emergency catcher there. Yep, you yeah, jumped me- ahead a little, but it's all good. At uh, YoganBP02 on Twitter asked us in his newsletter, LA Times Houston mentioned calling up Ruiz as the third catch- catcher to u- utilize Will Smith as the DH. He likes this idea. What do you guys think? Uh, Jake kind of already touched on it. I'm going to add – we kind of got a breaking news sort of in Robert's presser today where he mentioned Jock Peterson might actually not be available after the wild card round, which would then certainly open up a spot. And this is where I kind of think this is the perfect chance to utilize Ruiz as the third catcher, because then yes, you can have Will Smith and Austin Barnes in the lineup when Clayton Kershaw or maybe even Dustin Mays on the mound. And then you don't have to worry about one of them getting injured and having no catcher to just in case all hell breaks loose. But uh, yeah, um, I kind of see it as 13 position players and 15 pitchers at the moment. Um, I do agree that Alex Wood is the guy that deserves to be left off given that he has a 635 ERA and a 176 whip. He's just not looked right at all this season. And I actually would like to give that 15th spot to Scott Alexander. Yeah, so here's here I'm gonna break it down real quick just so everyone can hear. Um, so I think there's if you know if Jock's not available, then I'm gonna go with 25 locks. Let's go with start from the bottom. Smith and Barnes behind the plate. Muncie, Taylor, Hernandez, Seeger, Turner, Pollock, Bellinger, Betts, Rios, 
And then we go to pitchers, Kershaw, Bueller, May, Gonsolin, Arias, Victor Gonzalez, Baez, Kalerik, Kelly, Gratterall, McGee, Floro, Jansen, Trinan. Uh, that's leaving off Jock, so that would be 25, um, which leaves three spots. Uh, and those candidates, if, you know, if we're not taking Jock, are going to be Lux, Alex Wood, Scott Alexander, Matt Beatty, Dennis Santana, Kyber Ruiz, and possibly Josh Spores slash Mitch White. Um, so, you know, it's going to be an interesting choice for them. I think they go round by round and, and make their choices, you know, based on opponent. There's a couple of hard no's on that list there, on the extra list you have there. Yeah, I listed out all the possible candidates. You know, obviously there's going to be, you know, some clamoring to not have probably Josh Spores on there. Um, but who knows? I personally would go with Santana over Alex Wood at this point. Yeah, I agree. And I think that the Dodgers may be more inclined to carry more pitchers just because of the fact that they're not yes. going to have any days off in between these, uh, these games. So that, that's, a, that's a total Dodgers move that they'll probably do is, is add uh, more pitching. Yep. Um, with Caleb Ferguson going down for the season due to Tommy John surgery, I'm not as concerned as maybe I would have been a month ago because Victor Gonzalez has really rose to the occasion. I love that dude. I love that dude. He's been awesome. He can easily pitch two to three innings out of the bullpen if needed. So I'm not really too worried about having that extra starter in the bullpen necessarily, like when they had Brandon McCarthy a few years ago and that ended poorly. So I think... It also started poorly too. (laughs) Exactly. So... (laughs) When, now that they have a 28-man roster, that gives you two, one extra pitcher, depending on what they want to do. So, yeah, Alex would cross him off at this point. I, you be- know, I, I, in terms of performance, yes. But in terms of what the Dodgers will do, I would not cross him off. Uh, and that's not to say he will pitch in a, a relevant situation. Uh, but let's say there's a mop-up role or a garbage time role. He's probably going get to that, get that assignment. All right, let's cover starting pitching real quick because this isn't set in stone either. You probably wouldn't have been saying this entering the 2020 season back in March, but, I mean, you got to circle in Clayton Kershaw as the game one starter at this point. He's been the healthiest, and he's looked the best. If Walker Buehler can go five, which I think is almost a best-case scenario at this point in the wild card round, you circle him in as the number two. Now it's where you get down to – you got probably two spots, but three great options. For me, game three, I'm going Tony Gonsolin. After his last outing in Coors Field where he had 10 strikeouts, only gave up two runs, he's been the best guy of these three that we're going to talk about, in my opinion. Even though the Dodgers kind of slept on him and he didn't even make the opening day roster, Gonsolin's that guy for me. And then for game four, it's really just a toss-up. It's kind of looking like Roberts is favoring May at the moment, but Julio Arias has pitched as good, if not even slightly better than May, in my opinion. I just think that with Urias's atrocious numbers in the first first inning this season, I, I don't think I don't think there is enough evidence out there to support him starting a game. I just these games are too crucial. They're not. They're only three games. You have to win two of them. And if you have him on the mound to start a game and he gives up a four spot, you're in a hole. And, and, and in the playoffs, that's hard to come back from, you know, the pressure is, the pressure is on. So for me, he's coming out of the bullpen Uh, and, and I really hope that they see that it's hard not to his first inning numbers are just awful. 
Um, I think he's got like an eight ERA or something like that. But after that, he's been great. So what does that tell you? He's, he's got to come out of the bullpen. And Dustin May has proven that it doesn't matter when he starts to pitch, whether it's the first inning or the fifth inning, he can ball. So that's what I would go with. Dustin May is definitely one of the starters uh, in the playoffs. All right, here's everybody take your notepads out because here's gonna here's gonna be some uh, classes in session right now. Just just to cover Julio Arias first, real quick. In the first inning, he's pitched ten innings. He has a nine ERA, ten earned runs, nine. Okay, even worse. Five walks and fifteen hits. All other innings, other than the first inning, thirty nine innings pitched, a two point oh eight ERA, nine earned runs total, a one point oh oh WHIP, eleven walks and twenty eight hits. So as Jake said, that's a, the first inning is a problem, and we saw it in Game Seven of the World Series in 2017. You get you get down an early hole in the first inning; it's tough to come back from. So here's what I would do: Kershaw gets Game One by himself. Game Two, you go with Bueller piggybacked by Julio Arias. You 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 ride Bueller, see what he can do. Hopefully the blisters, you know, fine. Then you go with Arias. Maybe get four or five from Bueller. Game Three. You either start Tony Gonsolin or you start Dustin May and you bring the other one in afterwards. This is for the uh, three-game series. Uh, hopefully there is no, th- no third game, <laughs> exactly. uh, but that is my pitching rotation in the three-game series. Kershaw, then Bueller and Arias, and then Gonsolin and May. Boom. No bullpen games. Pitch those guys. All three of Arias, Gonsolin, and May have pitched very well this year. Uh, there's, I don't think there's a clear front runner, so pitch them all. If, if you're going Gonsolin in May in the third game, I would start Gonsolin because as Kevin pointed out in his article, no one's been able to figure him out yet. Yeah. There have been some starts with May where he does kind of get into trouble sometimes and he has, has the ability to, to, to give up some hits, but Gonsolin has been unhittable. So for me, he's earned that third spot in the, in the rotation and I think the Dodgers should give it to him. I yeah. agree, and we saw what May did in, out of the bullpen uh, against the Padres right. uh, last week. Uh, he is a competitor. It doesn't matter when he's pitching. He's going to give you everything he's got. Yeah, both righties and lefties, they're hitting under 180 against Gonsolin. Gonsolin's thrown 36 curveballs, I think was the number I found, yet to give up a single hit. His splitter is the most common hit, but even that's still a low batting average overall. I think it was like 240. His fastball, he's keeping hitters under 200. So this guy is not walking anyone either. He's hot. Like, there's no other way to put it. He's just, even in course field, he was hot. And the other thing with Julio Urias, yeah, he stinks in the first inning. But is that the first inning or is that just the first inning of him? Right. So if you bring him out in the bullpen, is he going to stink it up then? And that's where you kind of have to roll the dice. I mean, after that first inning, even in Colorado, I think he only gave up two runs. He, he does. He does. I, I do want to point out that he does have a two ERA career-wise out of the bullpen. So I don't. I don't think that it matters. I mean, I think it does matter whether or not he starts or not. And for whatever reason, when he starts a game, maybe he's not preparing uh, well enough before or stretching out or whatever the case may be. But for some reason, he just he, he just can't get past the first inning when he starts. I think this is an issue that would be resolved in a full season, 162 game season. Uh, but we don't have that luxury right now. And what Kevin just said is, is it the first inning of the game or the first inning he comes in is a, is a valid question to ask. Uh, so if you bring him out of the bullpen, it's got to be as, as short a leash as anyone else. Right. Okay. Here's another question. Switching it up. This was our bobblehead winner for the Kenley Jansen giveaway at 111. 
underscore one on Twitter. Isaac wants to know, what do you think Kenley Jansen's future looks like? And we talked about Kenley Jansen a lot last week, so we don't need to really dive into it again. But I think at this point, you can pretty much be uh, locking, in, him, locking him in as the Dodgers closer. For me, this is Kenley Jansen's last opportunity mm-hmm. to show that he is an elite closer. This is it. For him, this is, a, this is a legacy playoff series for Kenley Jansen. What, what is he going to bring? Because he's, he has been pretty effective throughout the entire course of the season, although recently he's shown you know, some, some definite flaws in his game. He gets ahead of hitters, but then can't put them away and has to throw you know, a meatball cutter over the middle of the plate and he gets crushed. And the other thing that really just can't fly in the postseason are his walks. This guy used to not walk anybody, and his strikeout-to-walk ratio was unreal in like 2016, 2017. It was like off the charts. But recently, he just likes to put runners on base, and it it makes me want to tear my hair out, sweating the whole time while he's in there. And for Roberts, I, I know that he's made this mistake throughout this season. He better not make it in the postseason. If Kenley Jansen shows that he's getting into trouble, you get him out of there. And when you send him into the game, you have somebody warming up behind him just in case. No matter what happens, you've got to be prepared to pull him when things go south. Yeah, you guys said it. Uh, Jansen has earned the right, whether you agree with it or not, to be the closer. Uh, he's one of the best closers of all time. Uh, and this is his basically last hurrah in that role for the Dodgers. Um, they're going to ride or die with him. Uh, hopefully he gets his walks under control. Uh, it's not going to be a, a fun watch for us as Dodgers fans. Uh, if he, you know, walks the leadoff batter and then, you know, can't hold him on and he's automatically on second base, especially if Barnes is behind the plate. Uh, and, you know, it's not going to be particularly enjoyable. Uh, but would it ever be easy for the Dodgers to win their first title in 30 plus years? It's never, it's not going to be easy. Uh, baseball's not easy. Uh, and as long as they have Trinan or, or Gratoral or, or, or anyone warming up behind him, it should be okay. I, I do have faith in him still. I really, I really do. Uh, it's just uh, some days he just doesn't have it, and Roberts has got to recognize that early. That's the key. Dave Roberts has to recognize it. And, and if he doesn't – he's, he's got to tell Roberts too. He can't just go out there and just try to fight through it. I saw right. a quote from Kenley the other day after one of his uh, you know, recent meltdowns is that he knew he didn't have it, but he wanted to not let his teammates down and keep pitching. That is not the added. I like the competitiveness, but that is not. That is the opposite thing. <laughs> yeah. I was just about you to say. You don't have it. The opposite effect. Say it. You got guys in that bullpen who can pick you up. Don't just send them out there to die. Don't just send yourself out there to die. Dave Roberts will do that for you. Don't, don't, you know. How about the first round now? There's a few teams in the hunt. It seems like everyone's doing the opposite of what they should be doing. Instead of winning, most of them are just losing right now. <laughs> so it's a toss-up. <laughs> going to come down to the final day, it appears, whether it's the San Francisco Giants on the outside looking in, the Milwaukee Brewers on the outside looking in, the Cincinnati Reds slowly climbing up the ladder, thankfully, and then the Miami Marlins are right there, as well as the St. Louis Cardinals and the Philadelphia Phillies, who are also another team losing. So – we kind of have to power rank these teams. Who do you want to see and who do you not want to see? Teams I do not want to see under any circumstances are the Cincinnati Reds and the Milwaukee Brewers. 
Um, those two teams have no business being the eight seed. Uh, if the seeding was different and who knows, maybe a, a 10, 10 games extra in the season, maybe a 70 game season, they'd be up in the, up in the top half of the league. So I'll take any of the other four teams. I'll, I'll take the Marlins. I'll take the Phillies. I'll take the Cardinals and I'll take the Giants. Anyone but the Reds and Brewers. Um, you know, I have some stats I can throw out for all of us in a minute here, uh, but I'll let you guys get your, your first take in here right now. For me, I, I want it to be either the, the Marlins or the Phillies. And I would say the Giants in there, but I keep bringing this up. Like, there's just something about the Dodgers-Giants that I just series that I just don't want to see in a three-game series. I don't mind facing them in the, in the division series or even the, uh, the uh, National League Championship series, which I don't think they'll get there. But in a short series, I just don't want to see a team that – for whatever reason, even though they don't have the talent to beat us, find a way to beat us. Now, for the Marlins, yeah, they have Sixto Sanchez and whatever, but like it's it's Don Mattingly, one of the worst managers ever, and a team that just I, I just don't I, I'm not buying into them right now. So I would I, I'd be down to face the Marlins, and then the Phillies. I just the Phillies are built to fail, and, and, I, and I'm not really gonna pull like any stats out of my ass on this one. But like it just seems like they have this team that is good on paper and does play well at times, but has that just feeling of just like you know they're going to collapse. So I'd rather face a team like that than a team that could you know sneakily beat us. I don't want to I don't want to face the Reds. And, and, I, and, and I, I don't want to face the Brewers either. I think that, um, you know, short, they, they have the ability to shorten a game with Josh Hader. And even though we've beaten Hader before, I just, you know, you don't want to have to, you know, beat the, uh, the big boss at the end of the game. And, and Devin Williams is now his, his Robin to his Batman. That guy right. is nasty. That's right. the nastiest changeup I've seen in years. The Brewers tend to always have a dominant bullpen, so you never really want to face a team like that. Okay, right, yeah. Kevin, what do you got? Yeah, Reds for sure. Strong number one. After that, it kind of tails off. And I'm hoping the Reds actually take on the Padres in the first round because I think that series could go five. And personally, oh, I like can't. our chances against the Reds. In an, it can't know, go five. It's just a three-gamer. A three, three. My apologies. Sorry. What I meant to say was, in the NLDS, I think the Dodgers could handle the Reds in a best of five as opposed to a best of three. So that's kind of how I'm looking at that right now. But for everyone that's saying you're scared of the Giants all of a sudden, stop it. Before the season began. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. Come on, Kevin. You, Kevin, you've been saying it too, dude. Don't even I'm scared. Have not. I'm not scared of the Giants. I'm scared of just the magic that happens with them. Right, they have, that's, they have that's nobody. That's what I'm saying. Like you, have, let's, let's not kid ourselves. We are. I'm fully prepared for like Austin Slater or Darren Ruff to hit like a walk off like bloop single. Like they have, have no business being there. They aren't good, but it's just something that's happening. I have not once this season said I was scared of the Giants, and no one else should because. No, all- I'm not saying Kevin. Hold on, I'm not saying that you are, are, are scared of the Giants, but you have said that for whatever reason they do have that magic and they are able to beat us. So you got to you no. got to take that into consideration. They're not playing in San Francisco, which is one of the points I was going to bring up because that seems to be where most of the bad stuff happens. This is going to be in Los Angeles. But 
Anyways, everyone was laughing at them throughout the offseason, saying this team has no shot to make the playoffs. All of a sudden, they're in the race, and now everyone's scared of them. Did the Dodgers go 6-4? and four? Yes. But when you look at the run differential, it wasn't even close. The Dodgers outscored this team 56-27. to 27, And Johnny Cueto hasn't gotten better throughout the season. He's gotten worse. His ERA is now 5.5. Kevin Gossman pitching in over his head yeah, as well. Yeah, but Johnny Cueto beats us. For whatever reason, he we have a tough time against him, and I, and I also I like also blowout. I also feel like you're subtweeting both David and myself when you say when you say <laughs> how bad we thought the Giants were going to be. Buster Posey is gone. Joey Bart is now their catcher behind the plate. He's terrible. Yes, he's like the top prospect, but at this moment in time, he sucks. Madison Bumgarner is gone. Their bullpen is very mediocre. They got like 88-mile-per-hour Tyler Rogers or whatever they use every day, and they have no good closer. I am not scared Tony of the Watson Giants. Tony Watson is dangerous for against us. I disagree completely. He's always been a reverse splits kind of guy, maybe not this season, but in years past. And then the other team that I want to just kind of laugh at is the Marlins. Anyone that's scared of the Marlins, give me a break. First of all, yeah, they're – relying heavily on Sixto Sanchez, who got kind of lit up in his last start. So maybe there's his regression. Guy hasn't been facing any teams like the Dodgers. So let's see how the 22-year-old can do against the powerhouse. No postseason experience. Doesn't scare me one bit. After that, they're relying on guys such as Sandy Alcantara and Pablo Lopez. Their bullpen has Yimi Garcia in it, who's like he was their your guy. sub-closer now behind Kinsler, who's an aging guy. Don Mattingly is their manager. Do you really think Don Mattingly is going to beat the Dodgers? If that happens, you fire everyone in the team <laughs> on the Dodgers side. And then you look at their lineup, and it, this kind of reminds me of a major league where when the movie starts, the fans are just kind of like, who are these guys? I mean, they got John Birdie, who? Garrett Cooper, <laughs> Matt Joyce, I thought that guy was out of the league. Corey Dickerson, Miguel Rojas, wouldn't know him except for the fact that he was on the Dodgers. Rojas is having a good season, though. And then Brian Anderson, who sounds like he's not an announcer. Brian having a decent year, too. So, yeah. Those are, that's all I have to say about those two teams. Get, bring them on. Bring them on. Okay, just for the, the viewers who are listening and want to make your own conclusions, in terms of bullpen ERA, the Phillies are the worst in the MLB with seven with a 7.11 bullpen ERA, 5.64 FIP. Marlins, fifth worst, 5.17 ERA. Reds, seventh worst, 4.75 ERA. And then you have the Giants, uh, who are ranked 13th with 4.28. The Brewers, 11th, 4.17. And the Cardinals, at 4.16, uh, where the Dodgers are second in the MLB with a 2.86 bullpen ERA, and third in FIP with a 3.56. Um, so either any team we face, you know, we're going to have a stronger bullpen unless, you know, they're throwing Hayter and Williams at us every game. Milwaukee, that is. Uh, so we'll see. It's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, in terms of, you know, weighted runs created plus, uh, the Giants are actually seventh in the MLB, and then it goes Phillies ninth, Marlins seventeenth, Cardinals nineteenth, Brewers twenty-first, and Reds twenty-second. Uh, although the Reds of these six teams, the Reds hit the most home runs. So it's 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 pick your poison basically. There's not one clear choice that would be ideal, uh, but we'll see. I would I would like to avoid the Reds and the Brewers, uh, and I am you know a little bit wary 
of uh, the Giants, just not because of the Giants themselves, just because of the past voodoo witchcraft nonsense that has happened. But who cares, though, because the Padres already won the World Series. That's true. I don't know why we're... I think it's time to shake it up. We're going to do something original over here. Let's get creative. We're going to do a, this segment where we talk about random things, the out of left field. So. That's super original on our part. Wow. I think someone else tried to do this the other day. I hope we're not copying them. So, wow. What an out of left field segment. I know. It's crazy. We're the first podcast ever to do this, ever. So, I guess I can start this one off today. We're subtweeting people if you, so, if you listeners are confused right now. Halloween is about a month away, and unfortunately, it's been canceled in Los Angeles. Kind of unfortunate for the kids out there. I feel, I feel for them. I was trying to get some feelers online and see what people's favorite Halloween candy is, so I decided to rank the top 10 candies in the world. And then I'm going to also mention the worst candy out there. So should I start with the best to 10 or 10 up? Oh, ten, ten to one, please. Ten to one. All right. So at, coming in at number 10, I got Laffy Taffy. At, at nine, Gummy Bears. Eight, Skittles. Seven, I was warned I would lose a follower, uh, Sierra, actually, if I said this, but Candy Corn. <laughs> wow, snubbing seven. our Ow. most recent guest Ow. like that. <laughs> Candy corn is so fun. You may lose both fun. David and I. You most. You may lose both David and I as hosts with that. Fun. I'm sorry. Candy, candy corn is corn. fun. <laughs> and corn. How is it fun? It's terrible. It's. It's just so sweet, and it's Ugh. that all that keep, corn. Keep syrup going. I'm yeah, loving let's, this. Let's, keep yeah. going. I'm loving this. Come on. All right, number six, going with the Hershey chocolates. So whether it's the cookies and cream or the those are plain, good. Any Hershey family. Number five. We're going Kit Kat. Number four, this is another variation one, M&M's. So I know peanut people prefer peanut to plain. I do. But it's too complicated, so we're just going to do them both. Number three, Starburst. Number two, Reese's Buttercups or Reese's Pieces, whatever your preference is. And number one, Twix. I like I was, the number I one. I was wondering if you were going to put Twix in there because I love Twix. <laughs> Yeah, Twix are great. As someone that loves s'mores, you know, this is kind of the next best thing. I love the graham cracker crunch to it and the chocolate coating and the caramel. Also a huge, huge fan of the Kit Kat. All right, any objections or any snubs? That wasn't wasn't terrible. I I really don't have anything to yell at you about right now. Uh, I mean, candy corn is is whatever. Like, I don't despise it. I I still don't see how it's fun. Um, but, but if you want to put it on your list, man, that's, that's all you, I, all right. I think my one qualm would be Skittles was too high. Skittles are great. Also, I, I'm not a huge starburst guy, so that was too high for me. I love, I love Kit Kats. Um, I, I do, I do really like Skittles and, um, Laffy Taffy. Yeah. Laffy know. Taffy is trash. That's just like a root canal, like just a root canal candy. All right. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so the worst candy out there now have to say this blow pops these make me (laughs) so mad because first of all is it a lollipop or is it gum when you have both and that's terrible it should be one or the other when you have a tootsie pop you know you you have an objective you're here to lick the center to get to the tootsie to the core of the tootsie pop objective that's the that's the main thing a blow pop first of all when you lick it they don't even taste that good to begin with. And then you kind of get to this awkward point where it's like, okay, do I start to chew it now? But if you chew it too soon, then you have to commit yourself. 
and you have like this hard candy yet chewy in your mouth. So blow pops, they just really irritate me and it, they just make me so mad and they need they to really go away. blow. Blow pops yeah. are fine, dude. I don't know why you're yelling about blow pops. There's nothing wrong with a blow pop. They're the worst. Also, can I just say like, this is probably going to be an unpopular take, but Halloween itself sucks. <laughs> Halloween isn't good. Wow, like, that's, it's that's just, it's just not, it doesn't do anything for me. Like, do I want to dress up? No. Do I want to go to strangers' houses to get candy? No. Yes. No. And do I want to, like, go to, like, Magic Mountain and, like, willingly go to a place that is, like, has people paid to, like, scare me? No. I don't want to do any of that. Did you ever like it? Like, as a kid? No. Maybe when I was really young and, like, I, the, the concept of, like, candy was, like, magical to me. Uh, but no. Well, that's who it's for. Yeah, it's, not for, it's not for but us. I see, I see a ton of people who are, you know, around our age, you know, 20s, uh, who are, like, obsessing over Halloween. And it's, like, it's, t- it's time to grow up. Uh, you know, I'm sorry to, to break it to you, but it's, it's time to grow up. Maybe you're just fun. not I think fun. It's, I think it's fun to, to I mean, even, even as adults to, like, dress up and, like, have a party and, you know. Oh, go I'm fine and, with, you know, having a party and, and stuff. Yeah. But I'm not, you're not going to see me in, like, a full-on face paint costume or anything like that. Bro, we're you not know, expecting you to go around trick-or-treating. <laughs> Guys and girls can wear whatever they want. I mean, literally, whatever they want or don't want to wear. And I'm just, a lot of the California people out here, I'm sure you ventured off into Isla Vista, had a Halloween party out there. You know what I'm talking about. It's a good time. All right. Fair enough. You guys, I, I, you guys, I just, it doesn't guys, do it for me. I'm going to get hate for that take, but I'll stand by it. All right, let's hear what you guys have. Go ahead, David. All right, my out of left field, which is our completely unique and unanimous segment that only we do and should do, uh, is this is on Yelp reviews. I cannot stand Yelp at all. If you are a person who leaves a negative Yelp review on a restaurant or anything, you suck. Unless. Unless they are, they poisoned your food, directly flipped you off, yelled at you, or, you know, disrespected your mother. If you don't like the experience, just leave. You don't need to ruin anyone's day or make it, you make yourself feel important. Get over yourself. Yelp should be deleted. Remember how, you know, I think, I think we banned TikTok in this country. We need to ban Yelp in this country. It is the biggest joke of all time. Who, who the hell are you to go yell at someone else's restaurant because you didn't like their salmon or you didn't like their salad? Grow up. Leave. Just leave the restaurant. You don't need to tell us about it. My God. If, if, if I may, if I please, may. Please. The defense. I find it really yelpful when I'm looking up a restaurant and I can find out if people think it's what? absolutely if Susie, Q, if Susie Q didn't that's like her right. salad, that's going to make your judgment. It's not just about Susie Q, even though I know her opinion's probably valid. But I'm talking about Susie Q and Janice and Lucy. And, and if there's enough of right. them. No, these are miserable that, human beings. <laughs> if there's enough of them to say that this restaurant is trash, I don't think I want to eat there. I feel, right. like, I feel like reviews are, are helpful. Now, what I don't understand is are are the people that like have such a bad experience at a restaurant to feel the need to go and comment on it. I've never done that myself, but I certainly benefit from it. 
Yeah, no. I'm, I'm, right. no. I'm so offended right now. Good. First of all, Good. the motto in my life is Yelp is never wrong. I oh. hold these places to a standard. If they don't have at least a three star, I'm not going there. And I trust the people's opinions out there. And I feel like a good Samaritan out there. Trash. I feel obligated to leave a bad review or a good review, depending on the experience, especially if it's a terrible dining experience. And I've done that multiple times. Oh, Kevin, and then no. I get it rent-free in that owner's head where they have to DM me. They send me coupons. (laughs) And no, I'm not going back because you can't buy me as a customer. You cannot buy me. So you have one bad experience, and now you got to ruin this guy's livelihood. First impressions are key. That's across the board in almost anything, and I'm not going to make that exception with restaurants. Um, I love Yelp. I think it's one of the best websites out there. Jake Jake made a good point. This is – the perfect way to decipher which restaurant to go to because you got the four and a half donut shop or the two star donut shop. I'm going to the four and a half donut shop. I'm nope. sorry. I will go to the two star happily. I will see what all the fuss is about and I will David is a man of the people. The enjoy little man a chocolate donut and I will shake that guy's hand and I'm sorry to say I'm sorry about all these assholes who are leaving you bad Yelp reviews. This donut was delicious. Just because five people don't like it doesn't mean anything. These, means, people are, these people get paid to do this. It's a whole thing. It just delete it the, the app. World. Everyone should just delete I the dis- app. I, I disagree. Go find out for yourself. Go, you know, go uh, uh, Lewis and Clark this and, uh, you know, ba- venture out. Oh, hate Yelp. Hate it. All right, so here's my out of left field. And it concerns when older folks, preferably uh, our parents or older than that, love to tell you directions on how to get somewhere. And it happens all the time. Even though we have Google Maps and all we really need is the name of the place or the address. So for me, let's say we're planning to go out to dinner when we did those things. And my parents or someone else who's a lot older than me says to me, we're going to this restaurant. Here's the name. Here's the address. Okay. Got it. And then they proceed to, well, when you go down San Vicente, yeah. make sure you make a left. And if you go past that restaurant on the, that's not that restaurant, it's the other one, but make sure you get in the left lane. It's just, it just drives me absolutely bananas and the fact that i have to sit there while they go through the entire the entire explanation which takes a long time mm-hmm. for me to say like no i think i got it i got it on google maps like don't don't worry about it like i have to wait for that to happen and it just really bothers me that um that people still do that given the fact we have all these wonderful technologies guiding us to these destinations yeah, and, and I think we talked about this a little bit last week. It's it, when they when they throw in the like, yeah, go a mile southwest and then you're yep. gonna go east. Like I'm Christopher Columbus with a compass. Like no, I don't know. We don't use those directions anymore. We don't we don't do that anymore. It's no. it's straight, left or right, or use your phone. Right. Yeah. Go go southwest. Oh, you'll just take you know just take the four hundred five to the to the one hundred one, and then switch over and, and get off on the La Brea exit. Going, it's just like it's just crazy. Yeah, and the, the directional thing is my, I, I can't stand it. It's like, don't am I just supposed to know when I'm facing north? 
Like, how do people know when they're just facing north? <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Like, you turn one foot to the left, and then all of a sudden, you're not facing north anymore. So how the hell am I supposed to know when I'm facing north? Also, when you use the uh, – well, <laughs> I was about to say, when you use the Compass app on your iPhone, which no one ever does. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> but, like, I remember when you when, when you – would wanted to find out, you know, you'd have to like do this little maneuver and do like the crisscross eight to try and figure it out. It's like, you're supposed to be an iPhone. I'm not supposed to have to like shake you in some sort of weird direction for you to work. Yeah. We've moved past that point in society as, as, as a general world. Like we we're past that now. Cool. Yeah. I don't have much to add. I got to say that segment kind of made me yawn a couple times. I was a little bored. Just, <laughs> I can't take any shots at anyone <laughs> because people give me directions. And I do not want to be held account- accountable on any backlash. So I'm just going to sit, sit that one out. I shout suck out to, at directions. Shout out to MapQuest. I, when we I know to how print, to use Print out the directions. Yeah. And we used to have the little, like, I remember my dad used to have that little atlases in the back of the car. Oh yeah. 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 Those, were, those were fun to play around with when you were like five. <laughs> All right. It's time to get down to the home stretch. Let's cover the last couple things on your mind real quick. Then we'll close it out with our final thoughts. So I feel like I covered everything I want to talk about today. Is there anything you guys want to bring up? Um, the only thing I'm, I'm really paying attention to here is um, I think they know what they're going to do with the pitching rotation. They won't tell us, uh, you know, until it's time. I think they have an idea. And I, if I had to guess now, I, I think it's going to be Gonsolin in game three, at least to start. Um, but the thing I'm paying attention to right now is, what are they going to do, uh, you know, if Jock isn't going to play? And if they're going to seriously consider Kyber Ruiz, uh, it's time to get him up right now uh, and get him some at-bats. Because uh, granted, you know, if they use him on the roster, they probably won't they're, – you know, they're not going to start him. Uh, but, you know, God forbid someone gets hurt or, you know, it's, a, it's an extra inning game and they need a bat, uh, they need to get him a few more at-bats here at, at the end of the season. Uh, so I, I would look out for a possible call-up in that department. Uh, and same goes for uh, Santana and uh, possibly Scott Alexander. Yeah, the thing with Kbert Ruiz is that it's something that we all thought of. So I don't think that the Dodgers are going to do it. Um, and I, I think that in, in this scenario, they'll go with an extra pitcher. So it'll probably be Alex Wood or Dennis Santana, one of those guys, even though I don't think the, either of those two guys should be anywhere near a playoff roster. Um, but the final thing I want to say is, is that uh, we found out before uh, tonight's game, the first game against Oakland, that Justin Turner was scratched from the lineup. I'm not sure what that's about yet, but it does worry me. Um, his health, because even though this lineup is stacked, we saw what happened when he wasn't in the lineup. And then immediately yeah. when he came back, it was an instant impact. And He's the glue. he is the glue to that lineup. He is our, our most clutch, our best hitter. Um, and he's proven that time and time again, whether it's the regular season or the postseason, he has been our MVP. So to not have him healthy and ready for the playoffs, I'm not saying that's the case, but he has been you know, injury, injury prone this season. I am looking at that, and I am a little bit worried uh, that he got scratched tonight. I would guess it's precautionary. Um, I would guess they had the defense set up, and they didn't want to – he was going to play third. Right. Uh, so I'm guessing they wanted to keep Jock in the lineup and not you know, shuffle around the defense. I wouldn't be surprised if he got in that bat, um, at least later in the game. And for what hopefully, it's worth, hopefully. they were 
well, what it's for what it's worth, they actually were planning to remove Justin Turner from this game early on. So I guess yeah, we'll, they just we'll want see. The it's definitely something to keep an eye on. The thing I want to keep my eye on is stop batting Max Muncy cleanup. He is in a season long slump. He's his over his last twenty five at bats, he's four for twenty five. That's a one sixty average. Over his last fifteen games, he has one home run. Uh, but for what? For whatever reason, he's just been slumping all season, whether it's the broken finger or wrist issue, whatever. I think it's time to move him down the lineup and get hotter bats such as Chris Will Taylor. Smith. Will Smith. Or Will, Will Smith. Smith. Yeah, I'm not too big on batting him cleanup. He's starting to slump as well. But maybe Cody Bellinger, he's starting to heat up at the right time. He was their cleanup hitter all last season. I don't see why he can't go back to it this season. So. That's where I stand. I think Muncy is better served as maybe sixth or seventh in the lineup at this point. Has a great eye. His, uh, his on-base percentage is lower than what we're accustomed to seeing, but I think that's just because his batting average is so bad. I, you know, if this, if this, if this was a playoff game today, I would agree with you. Uh, but for the last six games, I think hitting him up in the top of the lineup is, is fine. Get him as many at-bats as possible. Try to get him over this hump uh, because they're going to need him in the playoffs. Oh, for sure. And I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, but if it's not there in the playoffs, they need to make a change quick. Yeah. And and it, it can't be it can't be the case in like in the twenty eighteen World Series where, you know, our best bats were on the bench for like the first two games because of the, the matchup or whatever stupid yeah, reason that, that needs they to had to be done forever. Right. So, I'd rather I'd rather lose with our best hitters than lose with our best hitters on the bench. And I said it better myself, honestly. All right. My final thoughts today actually are not baseball related. They're basketball Lakers related. As we're recording, game three is set to go underway, so we won't know the outcome yet. I think I don't expect the Lakers to sweep by any means. That Anthony Davis shot was incredible, though. Yeah. Iconic right there. But my actual thoughts that are relevant to why I'm bringing this up are all the haters out there. First, the bandwagon. Everyone before the season and through the playoffs until they lost, the Clippers are winning the championship. That's all I heard all season long. The Clippers oh, are winning the championship. I know. That was one team I never was going to bet on, and it's not even just because of the Clippers. I wasn't buying into the whole Kawhi Leonard, Paul George are all of a sudden going to click together when they hadn't played many games together during the regular season. The team just never had chemistry. What really pisses me off now, though, is that all the haters out there are trying to diminish – the Lakers title if they're going to win just because it's a bubble, the Clippers got eliminated and they have an easy path. Well, excuse me. It's not the Lakers fault. They got matched up with a red hot Portland who just happened to run out of steam. And then the Rockets who shot themselves in the foot going small ball. And now the Denver Nuggets who overcame multiple deficits to get to where they are. So sorry, haters out there. This Lakers title is going to mean just as much as any of the others. And they're going to win this one for Kobe Bryant. Yeah, I mean, you you said it. I'm I'm hoping the, <laughs> I'm hoping the Lakers win it all. Uh, that'd be great. I I'm tired of anyone who's trying to make excuses for either the NBA or the MLB season in terms. Of, oh, it's just a shortened season. Oh, it's a bubble. Oh, it's bubble. Everybody blah, blah. has every. It's the same playing field for exactly. everybody. Exactly. Exactly. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear whoever wins the. Uh, 2020 MLB World Series. I don't want to hear one damn thing about. Uh, it's an asterisk. It's a shortened season. No, 
No, none of that. Unless the Astros win. Exactly. Who are basically a dumpster fire at this point right now, by the way. Ugh, screw this playoff, this playoff format. It sucks. And, yep. and they're going to keep it too, aren't they? Uh, hopefully in moderation. I think they'll maybe extend it, but hopefully it can't be what this is. That, that would be a disaster. All right. Thank you guys for listening to The Incline. As I said at the start of the episode, this is the last episode of the regular season, so stay tuned when we have our postseason preview coming up. And hopefully we can make a run because we want to put out as many episodes as possible. All right. And we're out. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.